Hello, friend. Welcome to episode 20 of Sally's Performing Arts Lab podcast. Episode, episode, episode 20. 20. It's Love Your Body Week. Every day I gotta stop for a minute. Think about how good my life is with you in it. Every day I wanna stop and think about you. I'm your host, Sally Adams, and every Monday evening, I talk to people about making original work for the stage. If you're not a Performing Arts Lab subscriber, find a platform and subscribe to Sally Pal. I'm on a bunch of podcast platforms, including Podbean, where Sally Pal will be a featured show during Thanksgiving week. Leave comments, give me a review, or send an email to sally at sallypal.com. Your ideas keep great conversations coming every Monday evening. If you want to get in on newly created freebies, go to sallypal.com slash join and sign up to get free downloadable and hilarious performing arts postcards, workbook inserts, useful links, and the starter pages for your creator's notebook. Right now, you can get a 20-page free theater resource. It's a glossary of jobs you might need people to do for your show. It's useful, entertaining, and you can do your pop quizzes right out of the pages. I'll keep building on it every month so you can start building your show. Today's episode features dancer, choreographer, and teacher Carrie King from Northern High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. Carrie wanted to make sure you all know about Love Your Body Week. The National Dance Education Organization and the National Honor Society for Dance Arts celebrates 2017's Love Your Body Week, October 22nd through 28th. You don't have to be a dance student to love your body, so do something to love your body today. Be sure to listen until the end of my interview with choreographer Carrie King for concise advice from the interview and words of wisdom from George. Let's get started. Welcome to Sally Pal. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. I see you doing so many interesting progressive things with your students, and you've taught, but you've also performed. So you're both a choreographer and a performer and a teacher. Tell me what made you choose to teach. Oh boy. I feel like I had a lot of teachers who influenced my life in both positive and negative ways, and I felt like I wanted to have that influence over other students in a positive way. My mom is a teacher, not a dance teacher or anything in the arts, but I grew up with a lot of teachers around me and I always feel like I'm a people person and it was a way for me to share my love of dance with others. It was very weird how I ended up in the public school system. I never imagined myself teaching dance to people who didn't necessarily want to be dancers and I absolutely love it and it's kind of changed my course of 
how I think about dance and how I teach dance and life in but general. You've actually encouraged some of your students to continue dancing. Yes, and, and have. many have gone on and danced in college and are dance majors and are teaching dance and are choreographing right. and are doing some really awesome, wonderful That's things. That's so exciting. It is. You're taking people who weren't destined to be dancers mm -hmm. and opening a door for them. Yeah, and a few of them had never danced until they got to high school and my program and then decided to like oh my gosh <laughs> this that's is kind what of unusual isn't it yeah yeah especially yeah. in the dance world yeah. yeah males that's not unusual but females it, yeah. yeah do you think that's changing I do think it's changing a little bit is it because of the influence of modern dance it is although dance is an aesthetic art form there's less emphasis on an ideal body an ideal kind of mover who has to train from when they were two years old to look the way that we want them to The ballerina way. Yeah. yeah. You look like a dancer in so many ways, but you're also a short person, is that fair mm -hmm. to say? Yeah. Well, that's interesting you say that, because that was my entire thesis in grad school. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did my whole concert on body image and figuring out who you are and understanding that we can live inside of these bodies that we have and that we can do amazing things. We don't have to fit into a mold or a form. I decided I wanted to be a teacher. And I said, some of the teachers that I had, unfortunately, made me think of my body in a negative way and not necessarily because they said something specifically to me, mm -hmm. but like certain things will never leave my head. Like I had a teacher one time that said, you know, like when you hear a fat woman walk and their thighs rub together, think of your thighs rubbing together. And I was like, oh, my thighs rub together when I walk. Like, oh no. I'm a fat woman. Like it just, I did a project trying to look at how does a teacher influence how the students feel about themselves? Is it the words they use? Is it the requirements of what they have to wear. So it was a very interesting project because I did it at both UNCG, I did uh, interviews, and then at North Carolina School of the Arts. Two different populations, one that was very conservatory-based, mm -hmm. where they did still, and this was, you know, 10 years ago, so I don't know if they still do, but they did still have weigh-ins and things like that. Right. And so, um, the and then the you scale, have, yes. yeah, and then you have UNCG that that's there. not a conversation yeah. about, you know, there's no scales anywhere. But this is really funny that we're talking about this right now because I'm a member of the National Dance Educators Organization and this coming week is Love Your Body Week. So it's a national campaign for the National Honor Society for Dance Arts, which oh, we have a wow. chapter of. And so I was at school on Friday night until 7 o'clock because I was hanging up posters with students for Love Your Body Week. So, so for anybody who's listening to this later, Love Your yeah. Body Week this year is October 23rd through the... 28th. Okay, of uh, 2017. Yes. So does it go on every year at the same time? So this is the first year that they're doing it as a national campaign, and so I'm pretty sure it probably is going to be the same week in October wow. every year. That's so. super exciting. Yeah. It was started by a few dance teachers who were doing things in their studio and they started to talk about it and people kind of caught wind and were like, hey, let's all do this because it's such a wonderful thing. Focusing on body positivity and loving the skin you're in. Do you feel like you have had some influence on your students' ability to 
express themselves using their bodies? Absolutely. I think that one of the things I love the most about being in the public school is that I try to focus on dance as a creative, artistic form where self-expression is at the forefront of everything that we do. Do you talk about body confidence with your students? Is that something that you can broach? I've always kind of steered away from, like when we do our units on health and wellness and stuff, I always steer away from things like nutrition and stuff because it can become so touchy. We've done multiple dances, not necessarily based on the body, but this idea of like, it's okay to be who I am yeah. and be different from the people around me. And like my whole classroom is all about celebrating diversity and using it as an asset instead of something that could separate us. So, so it's like, wow, look at how different we are and how similar we are. But all of these differences make us so much more interesting if we're all the same gosh that would be so boring really we, we <laughs> I totally resonate with that because in classes we've talked about diversity as a means to develop unity something that I struggle with one day might be something that someone else is really great at and then they can help me and there's going to be a day that they're struggling with something yeah. that yeah. I'm going to be able to help them. And speaking of struggling, your dancers last mm -hmm. year did a piece that was so moving. It was a piece about a woman who was a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. Say something about how that piece came about. So our concert last year was moving stories, and so we were looking at all different stories. There was a woman when I was at UNCG who was an older woman who decided to go back to school and take dance classes. She had struggled with cancer and was in the middle of cancer and decided that, hey, I'm going to do things in life that I've always wanted to do. And so she was like a huge inspiration to me. When the students were saying, well, why don't we find someone whose story has had a lot of bumps inside of it and has overcome something pretty major. I contacted her and I said, hey, <laughs> you want to collaborate? I know you love to dance yeah. and, you know. And so she came in and she told the students her story and um, we used her words to create a dance. That dance was beautiful. Thank it was you. beautiful. And I don't know if you attribute that to anything other than rehearsal, but could there be some sense of ownership in that? Absolutely. I find that the dances that are the most touching and reach the audience the most are the ones that the students have some sort of creative input and say inside of what's happening. So I love to work collaboratively because the more that they take ownership and connect to it, mm -hmm. the more invested they are in the movement and, hey, I came up with this, or yeah. hey, this is about me. Do you um, find yourself pushing them in their translation? How can you move beyond, you know, if I'm going to talk about horses, I'm going to gallop like a horse, you know? Right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. So... I start the year with abstraction. You know, yeah. on the first day of school, we introduce ourselves with our name and a gesture. And I don't say anything about it. It can be literal. It can be non-literal. And then we work with those gestures and we talk about what can we do to these things to make them dance. So we can take something that didn't travel through space and we can add traveling movement to it. We can take the swing of our arm and put that swing into a different body part. So taking the essence behind what is really important about this and now keeping that and making the rest dance around it. <laughs> You're building choreographers from the get-go. 
Yeah. I mean, you're not just teaching dance. Yeah. You're, you're creating creators. Mm-hmm. I, yes. <laughs> and I feel like that is what they connect the most to, and that's what's going to help them in life and in the world, whether they want to be a dancer or not a dancer, but they're learning how to think critically and creatively and take information and find ways to share it from a new perspective and work with other people because oftentimes they're choreographing on other bodies and other people and having to figure out how to make things work and I can do the so. splits so I'm gonna have you do the splits but right. you can't do the splits exactly. so now what do you do exactly you know? <laughs> exactly so then I have to go okay well what was important about that split like yeah. why did you want that in there you know and this idea too of that everything has a purpose that we can't just take something from class that we loved across the floor and now shove it into our dance mm -hmm. because that wasn't created for that dance yeah so we yeah. don't just all of a sudden stick in a bunch of turns because I'm a we good turner. Yeah. <laughs> Inside of my classes, I have students who have an array of experience. So I have some that have danced since they could walk yeah. <laughs> and still dance multiple hours a week outside of school. Then I have some who just dance at school and started when they were a freshman and you know some who danced when they were little and then took a break and now came back to it in high school. So that same yeah. thing that you're working with people that... You might try to do something with them that they've never even heard of or seen. Do you have some of the dancers that are more practiced? Do they act as dance captains or? Sometimes, but I try not to create a hierarchy in okay. my class. And because I do a lot of things that don't just happen in a studio, oftentimes the better choreographers are the ones who haven't had the dance experience because... The ones with the dance experience have always been told what to do. They're the first ones asking the question, like, well, how do I show that? I'm like, I don't know. How do you show that? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you have to figure out. Yeah. We're working on our first concert, which is in December, and we're calling it Ignite Change and focusing on inspiring people to be better people and to make better choices so that our school, our state, our world can be a better place to grow up in. And I think the students are at that age where they need to see that if you don't like the way things are going in our world, then you need to make some choices. We have talked about peacemakers and looking at people who have made significant contributions to our world and possibly using some of their words and ideas but right now my most advanced class did a project where they had to pick a social or political movement and create choreography. I had everything from the world kindness movement to LGBTQ plus to animal rights and women's rights. So there ended up being 12 dances because the first thing they had to do is pick the movement and then multiple people picked the same one and sure. normally I always say one choreographer and you work with however many people you want as your dancers but then I started to think well wait a minute we have six people who all want to do the same thing you know if two or three of those minds could work together 
that could probably create something that goes further with the ideas than if we see six things about the same topic. That would be very exciting so, to work with other choreographers. Yeah, so there was one group of three, and the group of three did a whole thing on climate change and environment, and it was really interesting. You feel like that, that was an experiment that worked? Yes, that one was very successful. And I didn't give the students very long to work on these projects mm -hmm. simply because I told them this is a project, you know, and now the ones that get into the concert, they'll have to rehearse and can edit and change. I saw a dance video before we ever met mm -hmm. that was a dance piece set to a spoken word piece. Mm -hmm. Where did you get the idea for that? And then how difficult was that for you to find beats? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so that year we actually did, it was called Project Inspire, and we created a 30-minute performance based on bullying and self-acceptance, and then performed it for middle school students. And that spoken word just felt like it said a lot of what we wanted to say when it yeah. came to bullying. It was difficult. There is music behind it. And so sometimes we had to listen to the music for the cues and sometimes the words were the cues. But it is definitely difficult to make sure that people are together. You are a mom too. Mm -hmm. Do you <laughs> find that you think about your kids when you're creating these positive messages in your dances? Most definitely. I feel like I'm always thinking in the way of I want to inspire these students to think about their world in 20, 30, 40, 50 years yeah. because the same thing. I am thinking about my children and I often think of my students as my children too. What can you do? How can you take positive strides to continue to make your world a better place? I do always have that yeah. in my mind. I'm such a big believer that performing arts can impact change. I think we've seen evidence of that over time. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. in some ways, yeah. every teacher is, is an activist of a sort, and you can either take it on or, or not. And yeah, definitely. And I always tell the students that you have the ability to educate the audience to open their eyes, to open their minds, to get them to think about something differently. And so not to take performing lightly. But before we yeah. have these shows, I always tell them that your job is to go reach beyond the edge of the stage and try to open the eyes, open the minds, get people to think, look at something from a new perspective. You know, and sometimes kids, when we have done some things that are more controversial, kids will say like, oh gosh, what if people get upset? Or why are we telling them how they have to feel? And so I always say that we're giving them a new perspective to look at something from. We're never telling someone, you have to think the way we think. I said, because that's what we don't like in our world. You yeah. know, we don't want somebody to tell us we have to think a certain way or we have to act a certain way or we have to do something that there's only one right way. But how can we get someone to look at something from a different perspective that maybe they haven't viewed it from in the past? Do you see that coming through in your students? Are they starting to recognize that that is a true responsibility? 
Yes, definitely. And it's funny because as they travel through the program and you see them as they get older, the maturity is there. You know, at the beginning, sometimes it's like, oh, this is fun. There's, you know, 80 of us all here warming up together and we're going to do the show and we're going to put on makeup and we're going to take selfies in our costume. And I always try to say, like, that is part of it. That's but fun. that is not why we're here. Right. You can take a picture. Yeah. You can do those yeah. things. Yeah. But... We but there's to, more to do. Yeah. What advice would you give to a choreographer who wants to make a difference? Oh, boy. I think being true to yourself, that it's always great to get lots of feedback, but to also understand and realize that sometimes people will kind of try to push your agenda to be what theirs is and to take information in and <laughs> thank mm -hmm. them for it and make conscious decisions of what is going to serve your work and what is just another idea to maybe think about, but that we don't always have to take everything, that we really have to be true to ourselves in making a statement and knowing that it is. I'm giving you a new perspective to look at this, and there's a million different perspectives, but this is the one I want you to focus on for my piece in this moment. I love just so. that's just beautiful. I feel verklempt. Thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Absolutely. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about? I do want to say I, I did think of one thing. Yeah. I always tell the students that it's just as much my job to educate the audience as it is to educate the students. I don't feel like we live in a world where people often go to a theater anymore. Amen. They are looking at a phone. They are looking at a TV. So helping the audience to understand what is my role, what is appropriate in this space. Yeah. Live theater means live bodies, live human beings on the stage. Right. And they can see you every bit as well as you can and see when them. when you scream, go Sally! Yeah. I might forget my lines or exactly. what my next dance movement <laughs> is. Or, yeah. And the way I put together my concerts, I think about that. It's not... A requirement mm -hmm. but I always have a theme and I always have some sort of through line so that I can help the audience one of the things you hear all the time is I didn't get it I don't understand it I don't like it because I don't get it mm -hmm. so I always try to have whether there's pictures to give some information about what we're gonna see or quotes or sound mm -hmm. this time I'm toying with the idea with ignite change this idea of ignite. I want to play with light and how I use lighting and get to a point where the audience starts to become illuminated. Always trying to find something to help people internalize it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you again, Karen. Absolutely. That was great. And thank you for taking the time because I know this is a busy day for you. Absolutely. It's time now for concise advice from the interview. A short version of tips from my guest, dance teacher, Carrie King. Get up, get up. Today, I have 10 great bits of advice. Number 10, you don't have to fit into a mold to be a dancer. It's okay to be who you are. Number nine, your body differences are your creative strengths work with them. Number eight, everything in your dance piece 
must have purpose. Number seven, take positive strides to make your world a better place. Number six, to offer a new perspective, reach beyond the edge of the stage. Number five, be true to yourself. Number four, get lots of feedback. Number three, you don't always have to take every piece of advice you're offered. Number two, educate your audience and help them understand your work. And the number one piece of advice from choreographer Carrie King, love your body. That's it for concise advice from the interview. Next week, you'll hear my interview with pianist, conductor, teacher, and actor, Jeremy Stevens. We talk about expressing stories through music. Check out the blog, sallypal.com, for articles and podcast episodes. And to sign up for a free... Creator's Notebook Insert. Thank you for sharing, subscribing, reviewing, joining, and especially, thank you for listening. I encourage you to pursue your dream, to have your original work on the stage in front of a live audience. It's scary, but I'll be here with advice, encouragement, and a growing community of people like us. If you like Sally Pal, a new podcast goes out every Monday evening. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sally, and this is Sally Pal. The P-A-L in Pal stands for Performing Arts Lab. Now, I have one bit of wisdom from George, my husband, the coolest guy on the planet. George, what's your wisdom for today? Never argue with a skunk. Well said, George. Well said. Excellent advice indeed. Remember, all the performances you've seen on stage once lived only in someone's imagination. Now, it's your turn. If you're downloading and listening on your drive to work or falling asleep to my sick beats like my sister does, let me know you're out there. I want to help you learn to produce and direct original shows for a live audience. Let's do it together. Think about you Every day I gotta stop for a minute Think about how good my life is with you in it Every day I wanna stop and think about you Oh my God, between my stomach growling and the dog snoring, I don't know that anybody's gonna hear the rest of the podcast. Now, I have one bit of wisdom from George, my stomach. From George, my stomach. Never argue with a skunk. Try it again. Never argue with a skunk. A little happier. Never argue with a skunk. Now, not quite so happy. Never argue with a skunk. I could probably talk to you forever. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, I have to eat lunch. <laughs>